Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, today is the date we just went back in time. Because you watched Wish. What the backwards the wish. is that? Dude? That's the backwards wish. Oh my sure. god! I might just sure. turn the game off. It's better, I think. That oh, because you watched Star Crash. Wish. Me, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Vanderpool, Dr. Alan Barris, and Michael the Adjunct Clink backseat driving tonight. I'm in the child seat again. Because if this is weird. It's like we're at a drive-in, but not. But we were at a movie. We, we need to go to not. a drive-in and do this shit. Oh, oh man! Because yes, we can do commentary as we watch. Yes, that would be, be amazing. We gotta go watch something that's really bloody and stupid. Yes, we'll go get. We'll have headsets on so we can actually hear it recording and then talk over it. And I have no idea what the other people are saying. <laughs> that might be epic. Future podcasting, that's us. <laughs> yes, we are pushing boundaries. We are pushing daisies. We are eventually going to be pushing baby elephants out of our... Wait, what? Well, that's how the... Spoiler alert, that's how the elephants live on in the future. Elephants? Oh, shit. What did we just watch? <laughs> what did we just watch? They're called whales. You want to tell them what we just watched? <laughs> Oh, did we, didn't we do that yet? No! Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. There you go. A classic film. We just sat through the Fathom events. High tickle us with some money, Fathom. Um, two hour, 25th anniversary edition of... The 25? No. Or 35. 35. Was it 30, 35? No. Alan, do some fucking research. What are you doing? It's You've been lot. sitting there quiet. <laughs> the I'm listening. <laughs> I don't have any notes. Labyrinth is going to be 35. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Clink, you have Here, a phone? I have a phone, but look, I don't know where it is. You two keep talking. Okay. Oh, it's in this, um, this movie. Okay, how do we... What, what? So, because you watch Star Crash, let, let's reset what that is, even is, right? Uh, we've talked about movies for a long time now. Wide-ranging. First season, I watched a movie called Star Crash. That let us down. Uh, uh, Amazon Prime, because you watched Hole... And that led to a second season. What would we do a second season? Was that, was that superhero or was that... Second season of superheroes. Superhero film, Supergirl. was a great movie. Um, <laughs> especially if you're a fan of A&W. Root beer. Uh, third season. Was that the apocalypse season? Third season was... Man. Yeah, third season yeah. was the apocalypse season. And now we're and, in starting the fourth season. Oh, we did the fourth season. Did we? Yeah. Oh, the fourth season was the grab bag season. Yeah, anything anything goes to the Apple. I cannot wait, Alan, to edit the episode of the Apple. That's oh, like God. so looking forward to that. And then this season, season five, the final frontier, the first frontier, the frontier one last time, time travel films based on Michael Clink's recommendation. Yes. Because you're a Back to the Future guy. This is just so you can get us to watch Back to the Future, isn't it? I... Did not recommend it. Well, I recommended it jokingly, but then Barris kind of pushed for it. So. I insisted on it so Clink would finally get his apotheosis with Back <laughs> to the Future. The fuck, Alan, I, uh, what does apotheosis mean? It, the height of his performance. Oh, his orgasm. Yes, if you will. <laughs> or apotheosis. Oh, if, it's a, if it's a time travel movie. I you... won't. <laughs> let's continue. Time travel movie, you could come again. Uh, Get it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Star Trek IV The Voyage Home was from 1986. 86, that is 1986. I will throw down as one of the best years for movies of all time. 35 years. 35 years. Uh, I've heard people say 1993. Yeah, that's a year. That's a year, yeah. yeah I know. Jurassic Park? 
Jeff, Jurassic Park's okay. I heard, what, Forrest Gump? I don't know. Anyways, there's a whole yeah. bunch. It's like the LeBron and James, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robinson argument. Just different periods. Wait, what? Different times. I thought it was That's only... basketball. A, a sport clink. You I know? like it when the sports people play. <laughs> and they, sto- they score the, the touchdowns and the goals. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, so this movie, okay. Well, back up. Because you watch Star Crash, we used to talk about um, how it compared to Star Crash and then whether it did what it was intending to do. And then kind of WTF moments. Dr. Alan Bar- Barris is famous for pulling out some quotes. Um, this movie is going to set the stage for our time travel season. And I think, Professor Clink, you should probably explain time travel and the rules of engagement for time travel for this season of Because You Watched. Wait, what do you mean the rules of engagement? Like what what we're going to go by? Just, I don't know. Tiki, you had, look, dude, when we were drinking before this, yeah. you said yeah. that you wanted to say something about time travel. I'm setting it up for you and now you're making me look like okay. an idiot. So like the apocalyptic season that we had, um, we kind of defined what apocalyptic movies were. For time travel movies, technically every movie is a time travel movie because you're tra- traveling at one second per second, technically. But, so time travel movies are usually something where one character or some sort of thing happens to where uh, one character either goes forward in time or backwards in time unnaturally. So either uh, uh, being frozen in time possibly or just skipping over that time, whatever. Is or C- magic. Or magic. Is Encino Man a time travel Technically, yes. Okay. It's another Frozen and Ice one, yeah. right? Yeah. Is Somewhere in Time a time travel movie? Why wouldn't it be? Well, because there's an argument that it may only have been in his head. And not ah. actually in actual temporal jumping. So, that's a good one for... There are three different types of time travel timeline things happening. You have the crappy Hollywood one, where you go back in time, you don't want to mess anything up for the future... Because you're on a single timeline, and anything you do would mess up the future. So, Back to the Future uses kind of. the crappy time travel? <sighs> yeah, the first one, yes. Okay. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure actually does a good version of that. But anyways. Um, the second one is single timeline where anything you do in the past has already happened, so it's not going to change anything because you've already done it. So there's no there's no free will. Everything's predetermined. Anyways, third type. The Calvinist version. if you Kind will. of, yeah. The third type is multiverse, where you go anytime you go back in time, you're creating a new timeline, which that's what this movie does. And since you create a new timeline, anything you do in the past doesn't matter. You can go back and kill Hitler. You can go back and stop uh, uh, Lincoln from being assassinated. And it's not your Hitler or Lincoln. It's a different one. So this movie is the third version? Yes. How? How? Every single Star Trek time travel that's happened has always been a divergent timeline story. So technically, the Earth that they went back to save in the very beginning has been destroyed. But none of that was established at this time. Not this one, but other ones. Later ones? Later ones, and I want to say beginning ones, or early ones too, Well, because in the original series. In the original series, they time-traveled when they went back and Elizabeth Taylor, that episode where... It wasn't Elizabeth Taylor, but yes. It was, yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Oh. Alan, 
Get on there. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to find a Star Trek uh, episode. The, the what what did I do with forever. my phone? IMDB isn't that. I forgot. It's I the I city on the edge forever. I forgot yeah. I have a phone that can help. If we are all going to be looking at our phones Here, right I'll now, look at this is going to be the worst podcast <laughs> ever. We all, so I'm going to set the stage. I'll keep talking. What about the alternate future where Kirstie Alley keeps playing Lieutenant Savick? <laughs> yes. Whoa. Mind blown. I was so confused. So this movie, because it was the Fathom event thing, had that little nine-minute introduction from 2009 did yeah, you see the copyright that copyright date um it was a little old and then they were talking about spock's kid yeah what, I kind of, that was kind of cool but what i mean does he have a kid no was that a uh alteration made to the script later it, on it, it, yeah it so it seemed like the two uh, screenwriters put that in and then they're like yeah we're not it's joan that. collins See, told you dude kirk falls in love with edith keeler are you sure it wasn't Liz Taylor? Dude, he just said it was Joan Collins. Well, who's Joan Collins? She's an Does she look like Liz Taylor? She's got yes. dark hair and she kind of eyes, does. so yes. No. City on the Edge of Forever featuring Elizabeth Taylor as, as Edith. Star Trek 1966. What are you looking on then, Alan? I'm looking at Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia's never wrong. Well, Wikipedia can be wrong, actually. <laughs> but What in the slipknot is this? We'll resolve this later. Let's keep Anyways, talking. so if you think about Back to the Future 2. Next episode. The next episode is not going to be Back to the Future 2. But mm, That's not Liz Taylor. I told you this. Why did I think it was Liz Taylor? Because they look similar. Hmm. But if you think about Back to the Future 2, when Doc is explaining time, the timelines, when they went back to 1955, they created an alternate timeline to ni- the alternate 1985. I'm explaining this horribly. It's okay. Nobody's audio. listening. People listen. I, oh, I meant I wasn't listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Keep talking, Professor. So what happens in this movie is there's a probe that's sent that's sending <clears throat> some weird signal. And nobody knows what it, what's going on. Every single uh, ship that's in, engaging with it is either destroyed or powered down. And so then the, ship, the probe enters Sector 001, which is where Earth is, the Terran world. Nerd. <laughs> and it's starting to power down and wreak havoc on the Earth. And then My- the god emperor of mankind, uh, the Astronomicon, is disrupted, and <laughs> half of the universe, of the empire of man, is cast into darkness. Oh, wait, that's Warhammer. <laughs> that's a scare. So, a uh, 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 little side note. I heard about Warhammer's uh, warp. That's scary as all. Get out. Oh, yeah, it's fun. So I have no idea what you guys are talking Warhammer, about. Warhammer, apparently, their warp is you jump into the realm of the gods what's war it's, it's the god of, or the realm of the chaos gods specifically go. yeah uh and you are reliant on your geller field to protect you which i like to think was named after yuri geller and then it bends forks but anyway. not not ross geller probably not it's it's yuri geller i think <laughs> <laughs> that's what i like he was to a tell paleontologist myself. yeah he was had an anger issue too but anyway sector zero zero one coruscant keep talking <laughs> So, what happens is then, uh, the somehow the crew of the Enterprise, which aren't on the Enterprise, but our main characters... On the HMS Bounty. ...figure out randomly that it's whale sounds, and they get there rather quickly, I might add. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Spock. 
It's, oh. it's pure Spock, too. He hasn't been... It's boring for them to sit around and try to figure that crap out. <laughs> you I know guess, what? Yeah. So you know how you do your do your J.J. Abrams thing about how like you just go fast and mm-hmm. you don't pay attention? Yeah, yeah this, this is was, a go fast and don't think about it. But yeah. go fast in the in the uh, 1986. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is still slow. <laughs> oh my goodness, the credits, man. Yeah, I was. I almost. I think I fell asleep during the credits. <laughs> I'm surprised you fell. Because like before. at least Superman the movie has the names and like coming in and Whoosh, solution, yeah, and this yeah. was just like it's just static credits. stars and names. So my question is, what is intelligence? Is it just remembering shit? Well, uh, actually, Spock's little uh, three screen deal where he's getting reeducated did ask him some analysis style questions. Uh, there were some. There was some stuff that was chess rope memorization, but there was like a chess question. There was a starship story problem, for lack of a better word, I guess a scenario. Okay. Uh, I mean, there was there was like critical thinking stuff in there too. It okay. just wasn't emotion. Well, it didn't. I, it seemed like it was just. I, I thought. I thought it was just all regurgitation at first. So no, no. Okay. There, there is analysis. That's good. I, I paid attention very specifically <laughs> to that. Higher level blooms. Yeah. Economy, yes. Okay. Yeah, he was asked do you know to about do everything but feel. I've heard of it, and I've glanced at the pyramid thingy. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> at least you know it exists. Said the teacher. <laughs> I don't know if... Did I set the ambiance and the tone? We've got crickets. We've got star... We've got a moon. Stars. There's a moon out. There There's not stars because we had light pollution. I always wanted to be on a starship when I was a kid. be awesome. Yeah. Except for, you know... Until well. I saw this movie. <laughs> this is not a normal Star Trek film i will argue that star trek 4 is the beginning of modern science fiction in uh, modern science fiction tv slash movies in the u.s in that it takes an established property and characters and then focuses on them doing dumb things for an episode (laughs) and it's fun I mean, I love DeForest Kelly in this because, uh, as usual, McCoy just says fuck you to the Prime Directive and does whatever he feels right at the time based on his code of medical ethics, which is, I gotta save everyone and complain while I do it. And everybody gets to do doofy shit. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's a, it's, and this is the pattern of science fiction that, we see now uh i mean you can see the uh, influence of this on just about like uh i'm i'm thinking tv like buffy the vampire slayer or uh firefly you can see this in uh like uh and and i don't know whether there star was trek any the next anime generation. well yeah I mean, that's what it felt like more of a star trek the next generation episode like later than on a... i think when they started getting more into like really developing the characters too mm-hmm. But this was a focus on characters rather than the, the big science fiction plot. The plot is much more stripped down compared to the previous two movies, which were all about crazy stuff happening uh, and, and war, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And this is about a group of friends doing doofy things and just by accident saving <laughs> Earth. Well, it was kind of nice because the Enterprise is a character in herself. Right. And, she, and it's she, weird. The bounty kind of takes on a, a a character here too. Yeah. It's a character like a U boat, but still. Yeah. 
But the the Enterprise doesn't show up until what the last not even two seconds. Right. Right. It was, it was, it was horrible. Thought. Like the shots, like for that. But thank God it wasn't as long. Yeah, the Enterprise shot the one first one. picture. Uh, uh, no, but like something that was. Because the way that they did it was they kind of tricked us. Yeah. Right? It was the bait and switch, right? They were showing you this bigger, the larger series? ship. Was it the Excel series? Yeah, that yeah. actually looked kind of cooler. The one Sulu then, one. <laughs> yeah. Then, Sorry, George oh. Takai. <laughs> it looked oh, a little bit like hey. the Enterprise B. There's a there's the a little B, ship back there. That one's for you. <laughs> yeah. But hey, Takai, at least we'll let you fly a helicopter. No, he's going to get the Excelsior, actually, when he becomes captain. I thought he already got the Excelsior by. I thought, Which timeline are we talking about? He did. Yes, you're right. In Wrath. Well, no, actually, he gets it later on too. I think he gets it um, in uh, Undiscovered. No, not Undiscovered Country. Yeah, the last one, six. Oh, oh okay. Because he goes to help. Uh, the last one that doesn't have Malcolm McDowell in it. Yes. So this movie. No, yeah, not that one. <laughs> one before that. This movie in the introduction, the first ten minutes before the actual movie started. They like sounded like this actually made money and was a good movie. Uh, it did make money, and this is regarded as uh, the the maximum. And again, correct me uh, if I am incorrect, Clink. But the maximum among uh, Trekkies is generally, and I refuse to call them Trekkers. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the maxim is that the it is the even numbered movies that are worth watching, whereas the odd numbered movies are more disappointing. Yeah. I actually kind of like Search for Spock, but it was disappointing as the follow up to Wrath of Khan, which was great and the and arguably the only truly great Star Wars movie or sorry, Star Trek movie. But six was good. Too. I just well, like the the the. Solving mystery in six, <clears throat> and that I love aspect I, of that. I love this one. It's just doofy. Really? It's just people wandering around, and, and nothing makes sense. Of course not. What? How so? That's because dude. A, that's because it's about. It's not about the science so, or the plot in this case. It's a. It's a flimsy excuse to get them into the modern U.S. and to do some dumb stuff. But like, there's so many other ways you could do that other yes. than like a floating, <laughs> burnt out cigarette. Yeah, but. With a light pulsing on the end of it, do we we don't know where that came from? Which is like giant hey, bong. Here, with the whale, with the whale. Except this thing, side. like I thought that when that thing, so when the ship, or the probe, heard the whale sounds and was uh, then going to turn back. The shot is of it; it's turning up, so yep, it's like yep. up and down. I Blood thought it was going to open up the back and drop out a whole bunch of whales. What? That would be cool. Oh, like, it would be like oh, WKRP. Can you repopulate? <laughs> the response would be, as God is my witness, I thought whales could fly. <laughs> I mean, I, cause, and then I didn't get it. And then at the very beginning, no, the very beginning is the uh, Starfleet ship that is out there and encounters this, right? Sets up yeah. the, the bad guy right What is away. it, Clink? It's the Yorktown first. It's Sar- Saratoga. Saratoga. And the Saratoga. <laughs> the Saratoga is the first one we see. They'd already encountered okay. the Yorktown. I know this is way off because it's about 80 years off, but it seemed like the captain of the Saratoga was LaForge's mom from Next Generation. But that's, oh that's not right. Because Maybe it's his great mom, grandmom, grandmother. I, it could be, but... It just seemed like she was a similar actress, maybe? I'm not sure. And then we got our uh, uh, continuation of the last film, which was Kurt being... Was it court-martialed? Is that what's going on there? Or just standing trial? Yeah, They they were trying to present charges and trying to say, hey, we want him 
to come to our and, and for the Klingons to come to ours. And then uh, <laughs> Spock's dad's name Savik. Sarek. 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 Sorry. Uh, Savik is yes. Lieutenant Savik, former Kersielli. Yes. Um, <laughs> he comes. He like barges in to the trial or the thing, and then it ends. And it's like in my head, I'm thinking your thoughts. That's not how trials work. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. from the very beginning. I'm like, I don't. I said WTF in my head, but then I didn't stop. And people don't generally get rewarded with a new command after they've committed a <laughs> massive act of insubordination. Yeah, so this is where the Kirk luck always happens, where damn the consequences, because if it turns out correctly, I'm good. And if not, then I'm just going to die, so whatever. And that's what Kirk does. Except people don't really talk about it too much, but Kirk in himself, the character, is supposed to be a genius as well. That's why he's one of the youngest... Uh, ones to, to get command of a starship. It's not just because he's a dirty cheater. Well, that too. But he's also a genius about cheating. Like yeah, Kobayashi Maru he cheated true. that and, and everything, but he reprogrammed the system. Anyways. That's amazing, Clink. Just, I digress. I didn't know about that. Nerd. <laughs> and then what happens? This movie, I, 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 okay. I almost fell asleep multiple times. That's because it's paced like an 80s movie. Yeah, yes. a lot of '80s movies are just a little bit slower than our modern era. Vanderpool. But this is very much like your like your guys's complaints about J.J. Abrams, and I haven't seen any of the Star Trek stuff since uh, the first of the reboot. Right. So I, I I and I've heard described to me that it's hurry up and don't think about it. A lot uh, of it is a lot. Yes. Uh, that was uh, my colleague Bill Culbertson's complaints about it when he saw the second one way way back. Um, and he's an old-fashioned sci-fi guy, so I, I totally get where he was coming from, and that's why I didn't bother seeing it. Um, but uh, the this is a don't-think-about-it movie. There's a lot of just keep, just keep moving. Uh, when Chekhov escapes by throwing yeah. <laughs> the phasers yes. at the uh, investigator. A Russian escapes a military installation. And then just turns around and runs. And, yeah. and then when they finally do catch him, they have two police officers yeah. <laughs> guarding the door. That doesn't make any sense. Like, but that's another example of the blatant disregard for the prime directive that everyone has in this movie. Yeah, But that's because it's fun. And who cares? Uh, and everybody breaks the prime directive sometimes. Well, not everybody. Well, okay, yeah. Everybody <laughs> breaks the prime directive sometimes. It's just uh, McCoy loves it. You can tell he just does whatever the hell he wants, regardless of where he is. The scene on the bus where we get, uh, uh, well, the double, I'm not going to steal that, um, but we get more of the of the fun swearing yeah. uh, in the bus. The but use then, of colorful metaphors. Yes. Yes. The, and, but the Vulcan neck pinch there, it doesn't work like that either. Like that's how not how that works. Yeah, he, it's not going to go through a leather jacket. Well, he also in a position that he also like kind of like roughly brushed the punk. Yeah, yeah like so when I, I was I found um what was it I'm still Spock or I am Spock. It's the uh, oh biography yeah that's by really, good. really good by his son. Oh his... no, it's by him. Because oh, no, I'm not the, Spock, and then and then oh, he writes yeah. a follow-up to it. And I, I for the love of Spock. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But it's by Leonard Nimoy, and he talks about the, the different things, like the live long and prosper sign, which is a, a, a Jewish blessing. And so when you do when you do the two fingers, two middle fingers um, split, and the, the, the thumb out. That's scissoring. 
Vanderpump. Uh, it's not. The no, one it's, we're it's actually about. called. It's called tribbing. Oh my is god! The official term. We're gonna cut this out. What? But it's it's actually a Jewish blessing hand sign, and so when you do that, you're actually blessing the person. But when it comes to the Vulcan neck bench, they were thinking about how Spock was gonna incapacitate somebody, and he and Leonard Nimoy thought Vulcans aren't gonna just punch somebody out or, or do despite their superior strength. Yeah. They're going to just use something. So it wouldn't be like a neck pinch as in anybody could do it, which later on anybody could. He thought it would be more of a tactile thing where mentally you just incapacitate them. It'd be the use of key or something like that. Kind of. It's a dim mock attack, if you will. So then it's changed over the years to where anybody can just pinch one nerve and then knock them out. But going with the colorful metaphors, a lot of people for the the Trekkies of the uh, watching the new stuff, Discovery... Discovery drops a bunch of F-bombs, and people were upset about that because traditionally, Star Trek hasn't really cussed all that much. I mean, right. Picard said merde a couple, one time, I think. Said what? It, French for shit. Merde. I think that's how you say it, right? Jean-Luc Picard can speak French. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying so he said that on... He would on... say merde, which is French for shit, which is very well known. Yes. Uh, Anyways, so weird. that's one example, but mostly it's them not not cussing or not yeah, smoking. I'm using the sentence. <laughs> I cannot. I don't know French. Continue. Other than merit. <laughs> so a lot of people had that issue, and then going back to this, the future doesn't need that type of language anymore. Along with money, which is awesome. Post post scarcity and so... uh, economy, awesome. And this is the first thing that really draws attention to that, isn't it? Um, no. Because they, they don't understand what money is. Which they should, because they have to talk with other species and other cultures. Yeah, yeah, but they wouldn't understand, like, the units. I mean, it would be oh, no. like, like, when my, like when me and my parents went to France. But, okay, this is Mirrored. me. I'm going to trek out really quick, okay? So stay with me. In the episode uh, Sitting on the Edge of Forever... Um, they have to go back to the 40s, or the 30s, 30s, and um, s- make sure that that woman dies that is part of the Salvation Army. Uh, she gets ran over, and then from that, other things happen um, that help create Starfleet years and years in the future. But they have to work for money. Well, uh, even though they're at a homeless shelter, they still yeah. work. Well, maybe their money got collected by somebody else. <laughs> There's another episode where they go back in time. What's the one with the um, alien with the cat? Oh, yeah. They go back to the 60s, yeah. Yeah. During a, a missile launch? Or not? Uh, the, there was the rocket launch. It was a rocket, was launch, rocket yeah. launch. Yep. But, but this the, is the first time where they actually paid attention to the fact that in a post-scarcity economy, people would have a hard time with money. Yes. Yeah, because in, in the one, and I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember what the name of it is, name it is when they go back to the 60s, um, they don't actually engage with the rest of the population. It's only just, I think, those two characters in the office. Kind of, yeah. Um, sort of like the entire population whatever. of Earth in this movie what is, is like 20 guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's or, the woman's uh, name? Uh, in in uh, uh, Young Frankenstein, the woman rolling the hay. Roll, roll, roll and see hay. Oh. That woman's name, she was in that episode of Star Trek. I'm fun. My brain hurts. And she was I the normal. I don't think we should ever do this podcast like this again. It makes for a long day. <laughs> I like the idea of recording during, but after. Why? I don't After's know. good it's, too. It's, it's, but... No, it's kind of humid. 
Oh, I think is, the, I think yeah. the humidity's kind of socking me it's in. It's hot, yeah. That and the drugs. Um, <laughs> was it Terry Gar? God, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, this warp doesn't work like that. By the way, they warped in an atmosphere. You don't do that. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also don't assemble the Enterprise on Earth, which of course J.J. Abrams just totally ignored. And, but anyway, and, and no ship like that can act that weight. With can it's anti gravity definitely that's going to not, put you up, not thrusters. I'm sorry. In the Star Trek universe, you don't bring your generally do not bring your ship in the atmosphere. Yeah, they violated that directive too. <laughs> the Klingon ship was pretty cool. They made it like, oh, we have to get out of here in 24 hours, right? So they set up this little arbitrary time thing because the cloaking was going to disappear, but right. then it wasn't even really a big deal. You put to a timer cloaked. on it, so yeah. And then a little bit of bait and switch, like, oh, the whales, we don't know when they're going to be gone. Put and then all of a sudden they're gone. It. Yeah. It did a lot of bullshit just to make you feel like what was going on mattered. You're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. I can't help it. You're supposed but, to enjoy character development. <laughs> it did seem like... But the characters, watch your established characters. They've like dumbass. Like, it, was, it, was, it was basically, is Spock going to become the character we know and love? Oh, of course he is. Well, yeah. <laughs> It seemed like though. But we the knew two- they were going to bring him back to life too. Yeah, yeah. When they call the next movie "Search for Spock," it kind of blows the <laughs> surprise. Well, it doesn't say we found Spock. It's the search for Spock. <laughs> nope, we didn't find him. <laughs> nope. The Litter Nemoy is oh, yeah. released from his contract. That'd be like Star Wars, where they ask who is Ray and don't let you know until well, well never. That's something else that we're not going to talk about. Ever. Oh, listen. So I Ever. used to I used to get Star Trek and Star Wars confused what? all the time talking about. I just did. Remote controls and flashlights. Not confused like in real life, but confused in my head when no, I said the I'm words. Saying, okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, when you said the words, sure, I, I did it earlier in the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and since J.J. Abrams ruined them both, it's I don't feel worse. bad about it. But it's even harder to yeah, that's true. Yeah. keep them separated now. Run, don't think about it. Uh, Spock and jumping in the water, that was fun. That yes. was funny. Because th- at first I thought we saw Spock. Leonard Nimoy's ass. Well, I mean, in, in, the first did. Shot. <laughs> but, in his underwear, yeah. But, like, I thought, like, his little robe thing had lifted up. Oh, like, yeah. A moonshot. That would have been awesome. <laughs> a moonshot, right? In, uh, yes. So, so you, you get it? Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's from space. Yeah, got it. <laughs> the final frontier. <laughs> oh, the final yeah. posture. Um, what else does this movie have that we liked? Uh... All right, I'll just share the tagline for the episode. <laughs> well, double dumbass on you! <laughs> just delivered spectacularly, and I almost expected Kirk to then say, Hey, I'm walking here! <laughs> Something. I mean, he did raise his hands up later yep, on. Yep. Like, I'm it still was exactly yeah. the appropriate response. It was great. I like that it showed um, Sulu as being an awesome pilot. Yes, at least they gave him something to do eventually. I still they wasn't almost sure gave Nichelle Nichols something to do. Yeah. She did nothing. Well, she figured out like a couple of signals. I mean, they at least gave her more communication officer things to do than be a receptionist. Mm. I did feel yeah. bad. Well, all the movies, she kind of doesn't really do much, which is sad. Yeah. Even in Wrath of Khan, no, yeah, Wrath of Khan, where they steal the Enterprise to go after Khan. She does some things. I don't. Does she knock out a guy? Oh, I, I can't remember. I, it's been too long since I've seen it. 
But it's definitely not the um, reboot uh, Uhura. No, yeah, definitely not. Which they kicks gave her more to do. Well, no. They didn't yeah. give her more to do. She, she actually goes and shoots people and kicks people and oh, gets beaten true. up. Okay. Loves Spock. <gasps> Spoilers. That was weird. Yeah. So the reboot's problem I have with uh, it is Spock in the original series has always been kind of emotional underneath the surface, but in this new, the reboots, like he's super emotional. Super emotional. Does he go through Pond Far? Ooh. No, no, he doesn't go through Pond Far. But he also doesn't go through the Colonar either. Colonar is a cleansing of emotions from, from you. So that's a time travel Pond movie, too. What? We could end with that movie. We're not going to, but Why yes, not? we could. I like that movie. I think I like how it dealt with time travel. But that's what I'm talking about, though. So that J.J. Abrams universe is a split timeline yeah. from the main universe. The Kelvin timeline? Kelvin timeline, yes. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah. As long as you don't think about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, at all. But I don't mind that. Who was the um, who was the female lead in this? I've seen her all over in things. Is it Catherine Hicks? Is that... I don't know. I'm going to look it up. So, so going to get there faster. While you're looking it up, transparent aluminum is a thing right now. Is it really? Yes. Yep, it's Catherine Hicks. She's the mother off of Seventh Heaven. Yes. Which the father of Seventh Heaven was in Star Trek The Motion Picture. Really? And also he Ooh. turned out to be a pedophile. Oh, oh she fun. was in... Have you guys ever seen Eight Days a Week? That sounds familiar. It's a fun movie. Hmm. Wait, is that the one... Wait. The kid that looks like Paul Savino kind of sort of sits in front of this girl's house yeah, all summer. Carrie, uh, Carrie yeah, Carrie Washington's yeah. desk. Carrie yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah, that is a great movie. Sorry. Catherine Hicks. The, the hot mom on the, or the hot older woman uh, neighbor, right? In that movie? Oh, she's, in, she's out of control as well. Seventh Heaven, Peggy Sue got married. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, the, not the crazy old lady. No. Yeah, the hot mom. Yeah. What do yeah. they call those? I'm not worried about that. MILFs, Clint. They call them <laughs> MILFs. Yes, I too saw movies in the early 2000s. Did you really? What? Yes. 1986. I should look up all the movies from 1986, but I'm not going to. But she was... She played well against opposite uh, Shatner. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of times, I think, in the past, the women have been all fawning over him. More Bond girly. Than, yeah. yeah. She was not as ridiculous as I think I've seen some of the other females. <laughs> There's one episode. His wife, or not his wife, who was uh, his son's mom, his baby's mama. Oh, yeah. Um, she was a strong female. Like that. I, yeah. That too. Did you hear? Did you Did you guys hear the, the similar line from The Room? Oh, she says it when they're at dinner. Ah, you're tearing me apart. She says it. <laughs> I didn't notice yes. that. I usually... Catherine Hicks says I didn't that. notice yeah, that. You're oh. tearing me apart. Yeah. Go ahead, Colleen. So you in the something? original series... Um, there is a queen of a world that, like, it, this world is super violent. She, like, Naya. throws throws stuff around, and she actually yeah. tries to stab the... She actually stabs the ambassador of the other world. But she's being taken to this other world in order to marry the leader of that world so they can have peace. And Her name's Naya. Yeah, she's completely crazy and uh, superior. But then all of a sudden, randomly, Kirk... Smacks her, her yes. Yeah. She hits him, and he just freaking... Yeah, he smacks, smacks her. her back, and that's okay apparently. And she earns his respect to the point where apparently that the woman, the women of that world, their tears make 
the men fall in love with them forever and they're slaves. So she chooses him to fall in love with and then he becomes a slave. But then at the end, it's okay because he loves the Enterprise more and he had the Enterprise first. He does not love the Enterprise more than he loves pussy. Just <laughs> way I mean, she well, was, I mean, he did sleep with her, so it's she, okay. She was, did, did they? He was sitting on her bed putting on his boot. Yeah, buddy. That's scandalous. That is scandalous. <laughs> I just watched that episode the other night. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I knew the name. I watched the original series. I've watched it at least ten times every episode, but I can't remember anybody's name oh, at all. Yeah, I, I just—it's too hard. Next generation, much better. I—I've watched that. I don't know how many times. I can't get over because I like to start things from the beginning when I rewatch them. I still can't get past the whole far point. Q is a horrible character in that first. He's a better that, character later on. They were, but just that's starting. what I'm saying. But at the very beginning, it yeah. just starts out so dumb. Well, they're trying to find their footing, and then they do, and no, it's No, they're trying to show something amazing so the studio buys more. Well, that's too. <laughs> but they're also trying to find their footing as the characters, too. I've only watched original series, Next Generation, not religiously all the way through, so I don't even know if I've seen all the episodes. Enterprise, I've watched like two or three times all the way through. That's good. I'm mad they canceled that one. Yeah, well, I mean, if or it could have went on for season four and five, six and seven in bed community. Yeah, there's true. only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. Well, they had to free up Scott Bakula so he could do all that time traveling. That's <laughs> exactly. So every Scott Bakula movie or show is him leaping into that next person. What is that? That's my made-up universe of Scott Bakula. No, but no. What is so like your three versions of time travel? What does that count as? That's those a, are all time that's a weird Hollywood one. Right? That's a weird Hollywood one. That's possession. <laughs> that is possession. Like time traveling possession. But okay, tangent on that. It's it's been established in that show, Quantum Leap, that either he takes over the body or his body leaps in there and it's their essence that there's that people are seeing. Because there have been times when he was an amputee and he stood up on his right. legs. Or um he was supposed to be a weak person, but he's actually really strong because he is stronger. It's really mm, weird. But that's the weird uh, Hollywood timeline because he changes the past and it directly affects his future right. that he's from with Al yeah. and everything. But it's always very limited changes. Well, except It's not for, like he saves Kennedy. Well, and that well, one... No, he, but he saved... Uh, according to that, he actually saves um, his wife. Crap. <laughs> yeah, but again, <laughs> that's her all... Name? Fiona. Fiona Kennedy? Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Oh man, that joke just bing <laughs> set it up there oh and I binged it. Uh, <sighs> that well, that quantum leap stuff also had though the evil leapers as well, so it had yes. to have been a consistent timeline because they were that kind was kind of, of dumb back yeah. and forth. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> it's okay. You gotta introduce your Murdoch. Murdoch was cool. Murdoch, a team. Murdoch was, uh, Murdoch was oh, the villain on MacGyver, yeah. played by uh, oh, I'm, uh, Michael Michael DeBar, yes, who's awesome. I used to be so mad at the NFL because they, when the football games ran long, it preempted MacGyver. I love MacGyver <laughs> more than sports back then. I'm trying to remember anyway. what used to cut into Ripley's Believe It or Not. I think I was occasionally upset that I had to watch the end of Fame. Nerd. Ooh. Nerd. Call me a nerd. Well. <laughs> Although that said, I want uh like uh uh Debbie Allen's uh pound on the floor stick for class. Oh to beat out the rhythm? Yeah. Or to beat out 
student or to clobber people. <laughs> It's just so she can have all a temper things, tantrum and bang on the floor. All the things I've said, Clink, along the way are not as bad and are going to get me fired in academia as much as what you just said. Get a stick to hit the students. Michael Clink, that's M. Clink. I, I said that under my breath. <laughs> yes. And I made and sure. facetiously. Yes. I made sure, he was smiling the whole time he said it. Viciously. <laughs> So, uh, a bit player alert, uh, the, uh, Starfleet, uh, uh, technician with the weird shaped head is played by Michael Berryman, the Hollywood actor with the weird shaped head. <laughs> uh, Michael Berryman is awesome. I ran into him at Dragon Con in 2005. Uh, I met him in the pool. His family's great. Uh, and I could recognize him even with my glasses off, and I'm severely nearsighted. He has a very distinctive face. Even after all that prosthetics, you can still tell it was him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're making a Star Trek four. Well, it's been the in reboot. the works for a while. Also, it's been in the works uh, that Quentin Tarantino is going to be making it. Is that the one they're talking about? Are they going to shoot the way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of barefoot women running around and whales being shot. I'm not going to get that fucking whale. <laughs> Do you want to get the fucking whale? You know, uh, this reminds me of a Madonna movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was cool Leonard Nimoy directed this. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think five. Was Shatner. Yeah. And apparently he was, he was miserable at it. I still haven't seen five. I never bothered. Uh, so there's 14, 13, 14 Star Trek films with can, all of the uh, TNG folks, everything else. I, I, I actually don't know that I've seen. What's the one where Kirk I dies? I think it's the only Kirk one I've seen. Kirk dies in the one with Malcolm McDowell. Oh, okay. So fun fact, the... Um, Star So the reason why the Star Trek movies were made was because Star Wars was so successful. So Reasonable. this is our uh, thing back to Star Crash. So everything, oh, there you go. Everything going back to Star Crash because Star Wars was made. Because Star Wars was so successful, um, the Paramount thought that Star Trek could be successful, and that's why they made the motion picture. And then they it was kind of doing well. So then they made more movies. You What's would, insane? This was made for twenty one million dollars. That doesn't seem like a lot. Considering who the cast was and that the other films had been successful before this. Is that, and that today's standards? It's not adjusted, I don't think. Because if that's not adjusted, then that's probably why. But still, even even then, like... Yeah, it's not bad. They were Well, to be fair, they were all uh, TV actors. Well, there's that. Well, but no, they had just made three movies prior to this. Yeah, I think... I don't know if this, one, if this is the one, if it was Rathacon or... I forget which movie it was, but Leonard Nimoy um, found out that Spock was being, his image was being used on things and he wasn't getting any money for it. So he was actually in litigation battle with Paramount. And it's thought that he hated peop the uh, people that made Star Trek. So then there was a whole thing about him not being part of the movie and this and that. And he's like, no, I want to be part of the movie. It's just I'm having litigation against them because just I need Just fuck you, pay me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 86 was crazy. You had Labyrinth, Big Trouble in Little China, Howard the Duck, Stand By Me, uh, Three Amigos, Short Circuit, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you Pretty in Pink. three good movies, four good movies. St uh, Stallone, Cobra. Cobra was not a good movie. Maximum Overdrive, Back to School, Back to Platoon, 
Aliens. Aliens is Top great. Gun. Color of Money. Top Gun's A. The Fly. Come on. The 86. Fly. That's a good one. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. That's a good one. Right, I'll admit 86 is a good year then. Thrashing. The Golden Child. Crocodile Dundee. The Money Pit. Holy mackerel. Critters. What about Critters? We could just do a season of 1986 films. Good. Oh, we could do anything. We're free. We're free men. So, the thing that's interesting is Star Wars started out as the movies, and they were, you know, critically acclaimed and, you know, amazing. And... They weren't quite critically acclaimed. Well, the first one was, wasn't it? Eh, no, not really. Really? Uh, I, people thought it was kind of fun, some of them. But, okay. I thought it was like this... Uh, but it was new... a gigantic popular success. You gotta remember, yeah. film critics were still a little snooty back then. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was this new thing that nobody had seen before, so that's why it Oh, was... the effects were always well talked about. Okay. But... but you have that, and then Star Trek, obviously a TV show, and all of the TV shows actually seem to do better amongst the fans than the movies. Except for the original cast movies like we saw with the 2, 3, and 4 of Star Trek. Because you get in the next generation, it's all kind of action movie-y, because it has to be. Right. Because they have two hours to tell a story. Whereas next generation TV show, they have an hour, but they can tell a slower story because they don't have to worry about the movie average pacing. show. They don't have to worry about movie pacing. Exactly, yeah. Especially modern movie pacing, which is getting quicker and quicker. But it, what's interesting now is Star Wars TV shows, like live, the live-action one, at least, of uh, Mandalorian. That put me asleep, too. I still can't get through I the first understand. episode. I don't I just, I don't know. You don't know. like the slow burns? No. Because it's really good. I'm sure it's phenomenal, and I'll watch it someday. The animated shows are good, too. I started the Bad Batch, but I... It, You're going to miss a lot because you didn't watch Clone Wars then, did you? No. Exactly. What, why do I have to watch all of the things? It's so frustrating. Because this is why you're I, not a nerd, Vanderpool. you got to <laughs> get into it. That's why I stopped buying comics, though. It became too much to yeah. try to even understand what the freak was going on. Although Marvel's been very, doing some very interesting stuff with that on occasion. There are runs of comics that you can kind of read on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, like the uh, Matt Fraction, uh, Hawkeye, actually is kind of self-contained. Uh, like the run of Immortal Hulk is kind of... You can just read that and kind of get it. I like that kind of stuff. But so, anyway, getting back to the the Star Wars, Star Trek. Do we have to? Well, just there's the story here. Okay. So Star Wars, <laughs> because it's so successful, Star Trek happens in this thing. So Star Trek actually comes out with books about the stories for the characters. Right. And um, George Lucas sees that, and pe- that people wanted to make Star Wars books. George Lucas says, "Okay, it has to be part of a continuous universe." Then. And it can't be these one-and-done things like the Star Trek books. Because the Star Trek books, for example, um, somehow Kirk comes back to life after Generations in the books. And him and Picard go to the Borg homeworld. And they found there's a lever that they have to pull. And this is actually in the book. Because William Shatner wrote this. Did they score with some Borg honeys? No. But William Shatner, Shatner actually wrote, this wrote book. the book. Okay. He wrote the book. So, um, it was an extension of Tech War. <laughs> I think so. But the there's a on the Borg homeworld there is a lever you pull and it will destroy all the Borg in the entire galaxy. And it has a big sign. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> so what happens oh, is Picard and, and Kirk uh fight. Kirk um 
hits his, his communicator, says, beam me up, and then throws punches up a card, throws it on him. The card gets beamed up, and Kirk pulls the lever. The whole planet's destroyed, and all the other Borg are destroyed. Because that's how William Shatner thinks of himself. And that's and how then he all the sweet honeys right? dived on Kirk. It's just, <laughs> it's horrible. So it's interesting how they both play off each other, the Star Wars, Star Trek, how they both play off each other in media. Yeah. I didn't read any of the Star Trek books. They're I read okay. some of the Star Wars. The Darth Bane stuff. Those are good. Yeah. It took me about two years to get through an 80-year ga- uh, timeline with those books. Would you? What do you mean? Because it starts they cover off a long time. Oh, it, it's well. It starts off, I think, uh, forty years before. Well, the ones that I read, uh, forty years before Episode One, and then it goes through Episode One in between, and, and it goes uh, all the way past, way past Episode Six. So, what other time travel movies could we do this season? And I'm segueing to the end. I know. Well, uh, I'm going to recommend Trancers. I have no clue what that is. That's it good. It is amazing. It is not good, but it is fun <laughs> as hell. It is very amazing. Clink, and I will also recommend the Elvira hosted version of it, which is on uh, which is on Amazon Prime. Clink, are you going to spend time searching the internet trying to find the worst time travel movie of all time for us? Yes, but I was talking with Alan before about all this, and I do have a technical... Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you, guys, you left. Are you, you guys left. going on without me? No, you left, and we were there, and we were talking. Okay. Okay? It's what we do. We're, we're humans. We can talk. Plotting against you. Continue. Fair. <laughs> Three is the number of strife. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a technical... No, there's two of them. There's a technical Wait, time is that, travel is that, Am I allowed to say that? I should be allowed to say that. Never mind. Go ahead. There's a technical time travel movie out there that's got a lot of rules to it that you might not like. It's called Primer. I thought that was Looper. No, no, Looper's the one with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon. Okay, Primer is the one that I was thinking. That's supposed to be a good one. Yeah, it is good. <gasps> There's an amazing time travel movie I've seen. Yes. And I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> what is it about? It's, 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 it's British. So it's not Time Cop? No. Doctor Who? No, it's not a show, it's a movie. How to make there a time Doctor travel... Is it how to make a time travel movie? Go on, Clint, keep talking. What? Something like, yeah. But we could do Time Cop. That's a bad one. Yeah, Time Cop would be interesting. It'll get us back into the world of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh, yes. And so, the funny thing is, there are a couple of movies. Well, one oh, in particular. Oh, this is what it is. The one in particular I'm thinking of is not a time travel movie, but it is a time travel movie because it's about time travel, but they don't ever actually show the time travel. It's called Safety Not Guaranteed. It's got Audrey, Aubrey Plaza in it um, and Jake Johnson where... This guy puts out an ad, and because he, he invented a time machine, he puts out an ad. He needs a companion, and he said, "Bring your own weapon. Safety not guaranteed." And they are uh, reporters, and they go out to investigate it, and craziness ensues. But it's about it, but it's not the actual time travel process itself. So it's interesting. There might be an interesting movie to compare to that one because it uh, kind of messes with that plot. But then it turns out time travel's real. Uh, It's uh, uh, Time Chasers. It was featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000, and it's done by Edgewood Studios, the people who brought you Anna Nicole Smith's last movie before she died. Okay. Uh, Frequently asked questions about time travel. That sounds better. It's a good movie. If if I remember right, so it might not be. But if we're going with straight time travel or temporal loops, 
What's the Anything in the time... Uh, we should think of this as expansively as we thought of the post-apocalyptic A temporal season. loop movie? Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's a temporal loop... Uh, uh, I don't uh, think we should do Groundhog Day, though. Happy Death Day, which is kind of dumb. We uh, should do that one, then, definitely. <laughs> what, what is the one with Tom Cruise? Not the day after tomorrow. Is Top it? Gun. <laughs> edge of Losing t- it. Is it Edge of Tomorrow? I think so. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Well, who's going to pick next? Did you pick this one? I thought you picked this one. I don't remember who picked this one. This is, uh, think, we all picked it together. I think we did. This yeah, was this counts as Star a, Trek. This counts as a mutual pick, so. Do you want to start starts? it off then? I don't have anything. Oh, well then, Alan, you want to start it off then? Well, in that <laughs> case, trans- maybe we should start with Transers. I right. like it. I like it a lot. So, we, we've already talked about next week. Because I like doing tense, temporal humor. Transfers. And then last week, we will talk about... (laughs) Primer. (laughs) So you're already setting the end in... I'm setting... You're defining the end. I'm not defining the end. So we're watching transfers, then primer? (laughs) Clink. I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I, that's how you Primer guys want to do. We should probably watch next, and then, uh, and then, um, of course, we're going to end with Back to the Future. So, so okay. So, what is the, a movie, a time travel movie that would kind of like be the best example of a time travel movie? Is that Primer? So, Back to the Future has been uh, certain scientists have the, the science behind what Doc says is actually pretty accurate. Okay. They said. Um, Primer is pretty good with the rules and being tight with the rules. So a lot of time travel movies are like, why well, did this happen? Let's 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 do Primer then, because then we can talk more about the rules with everything else that we watch. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. So Primer next, and then Transfers. Yes. Okay. It's okay. hot in here. I know it is. You have do, the windows. Why don't down. you close it out for us, Clink? Not the windows, the podcast. What did we learn? Oh, I almost forgot. What did, what we, did learn? we learn? I learned that I don't like all things Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that I need to live until the 23rd century so I can have DeForest Kelly's awesome, like, future action leisure suit that he was wearing. We did not talk about any of the costumes. Oh, I loved his outfit. It is so stupid and so awesome Uh, and perfect for, for McCoy. And and Sulu was as San Francisco as San Francisco. <laughs> hey, I have a his, question. The way he like his yeah, coat, the flu. Yeah, they, so I I think they knew. They something. knew. Yes, <laughs> Sulu picked his own wardrobe. How about we, we say that? When does the twenty second century start? In thirty years? <sighs> Re- math. Half of the century, it's math, right? Clink. I don't know. Because nineteen fifty was the twenty was the start of the twentieth twenty first century. We're in the twenty. Then we're going to be in the twenty second century in the in twenty fifty. Thirty oh. years will be in the twenty second century. I don't then. Think no, it goes by hundred years, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like God it's damn the, the, the era, the, the of compli- that. The compli- well, with eras, it's more complicated because with eras, we're talking about the spiritual beginning of a time period. Well, it's a spiritual. The twenty third century, we're talking about the twenty. 20- Four hundreds, yes. I guess. Okay. Because yeah. zero, because one through one hundred would yes. have been. Yes. The issue with determining <laughs> centuries. Dude, you teach history. You teach art. 
Yeah. So when it comes time to talk about century something, was it just look at the fine print and say, oh, 1842? Like, I, don't, I don't talk about that. <laughs> I give them some reference, but I don't talk about that. 200 years ago, this painting was painted. Remembering <laughs> the dates is not important. Exactly. It's the, it's the order of things that's more it's important. It's the story. For yes. The story of history. Right, can you tell us what you learned? Because I learned I'm sweating to death. that I can do whatever the hell I want as long as I get results and I save the world. And I can get my own command then. And whales are endangered. But most of the commanding. So I am the captain. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From me, Mike Vanderpool, Dr. Alan Barris, Michael Klink. It's getting hot in here, and before we take off all our clothes, we're going to sign off, and we'll talk to you next time, or maybe the first time, because you watched Star Crash. Stop killing those whales. What the (laughs) hell are you thinking of?